What's up, y'all? It's Mar recording live from Montreal. This is the Messy Truths Podcast. It's up. It's Nisha J from Kanagahage. Oh, this is my mind. And uh, sending what's up. Love to everyone. And this is Azar from New York City. I'm sorry I'm still a little bit hoarse, but we're going to get through this, guys. You're getting better. You're sounding better than uh, than last episode. Maybe somebody was crying over their playlist and the voice got hoarse. You know. <laughs> over everyone's playlist, man. That was a tough episode. And True Lion out that there was. talking about Mars List is the best. I see you. I see you. I see you with your comments. They're already already uh, already talking about the list. <laughs> yes, we're already competing, yeah. apparently. And uh, so what we got today, we got decisions, <laughs> y'all. I've been yes. thinking about this ever since we put it in the chat. So folks, we have a chat that goes on between the three of us. Um, clearly, Oz and Mar talk, and then I just pop in like a loser. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. And uh, we always recommend uh, topics to each other. And we're like, decisions, the best and worst decisions. And ever since that got put on the virtual table, I was like, I had to start doing some Rolodexing in my head. Like, okay, was that decision good? Was that decision? You know, oh my gosh. So fun fact, because usually Ozzy does these, but you know, since her voice is uh, like out for lunch for a little bit. The average, I don't know any other facts about humans. I only know teacher facts. The average teacher makes 330 decisions a day. God damn. Mm. That's a lot of decisions a day. So that's why we only work between 830 and 4. <laughs> that's a lot of decisions. <laughs> that's a lot I of decisions. I understand that. Those kids really test you and try you every single day. That's that's rough. It's really rough. But not just, I mean, we're talking about all kinds of, especially the worst decisions that we've ever made. Um, Worst decisions and regret. Any moments of regret in our lives that we've had. I know I can reflect back on, on my own life and think about stuff that I probably would have gone back in time and been like, girl, you need to stop right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just, but, did some you know, more, I just did some more research. There's the Popo telling us no more bad decision. Sorry, um, that's New York I, City. No, exactly. The average human actually makes 35,000 decisions per day. 35,000 per day. Yeah, 35, I'm reading 35,000. I get, I'm reading it off a research paper. 35,000 is a lot. I can tell you that 50% of that 35,000 of decisions is really about what I'm going to eat for the day. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're thinking about yeah. that. But how much, what percentage of those decisions are bad decisions? That's what I want to know. Well, oh, I, it doesn't say that, but it says that humans make a roughly 2,000 decisions per hour or one second every one or one decision every two seconds. Yo, that's a lot of decision making. So within this hour of the show, between us, we're making about 6,000 decisions. Oh, my God. I'm telling you right now, I'm making a decision as to whether or not to divulge my worst decisions and regrets. I I did not come into this thing prepared. I'm just letting you know. Just letting (laughs) you know. Back to Mars fact. Out of these 35,000 remotely conscious decisions, 226 of them are about food. That's it? Not I'd be me. willing to bet there's yeah. probably a hell of a lot more about food in my situation. You. Okay, here's, that's, here's an that's update just me. for the bad decisions. The average person will make 773, 618 decisions over a lifetime and will come to regret 143, 262 of them. Oh, my 143,000 decisions to yeah, regret. So one yeah, seven sounds about right. of our decisions are <laughs> <laughs> And it usually starts with whether to turn off the alarm or hit snooze. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Right? Every so, day, man. Every day. And you know, it's uh, one of those things, like, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I think to myself, like, hey, maybe I shouldn't put this cup here because it's in, like, arm's reach. And if I smack it, it's going to fall over and water's going to go all over, all over the place. I actually have the thought while I'm putting the cup down and I totally ignore my thought and I decide to put the cup there anyway. 
and lo and, and then it goes in the pile of the 143,000 right exactly but that's but that's how you train right that's dexterity for you you become better at it because you're conscious of the cup being there so you subconsciously train your body to not knock it over until you really lose your thoughts and or know, a dog walks do by that. and smacks oh, it over yeah. a child you know or a child knocks comes something in, yeah. so just, i just have the to basic stand stuff. corrected i asked which profession makes the most decisions actually it is a teacher and we make 1500 decisions a day. i was gonna say that 300 something it sounded real light oh, next to our like thousands so I actually had this crazy thought. Um, so I'm getting my eyelashes done and I usually do one of two things. I sleep, one of two things. I sleep or I think while I'm listening to my lash tech. Shout out to my lash tech, Montreal Mink, who was dope, local Montreal, young female entrepreneur. And um, I was like, decisions. And then, cause you know, we're asking ourselves, are they good or bad? And I realized you actually don't know until it's done right? You actually don't know. There's some decisions that you know that you're like, yo, if I do this hookup, it may not be good. I might have to do STD testing. You understand. But there are other life decisions. Like I realize I'm very much on auto robot. I'm an automated person, like going to high school, going to college, going to university. These were all decisions that I can't tell you if they were good or bad. They just were. And they created good and bad results in my life. But I never thought about like, oh, is it a good decision to go to university? Because I was programmed like, bitch, you going to university. <laughs> that decision yeah. was made for me by my mother. So it's very interesting. I think when you're in your late teens and in your early 20s, the decision making process isn't like that whole process is not really solidified for you yet because you're experiencing life, you're smelling, tasting, all of your senses are heightened as a result of new experiences. And so this is where all of the lessons and the things that you have learned from your parents or whoever it was that raised you um, comes into play. You need to take that information, that training and put it into practice, yeah. apply it. And you don't really get to fully do that on your own until you reach college age. And I don't know about you girls, but for me, I immediately would know when I would make a terrible decision right after I would like make that decision. Mm. I would, I would just feel it in my heart. You ever have those moments oh, yeah. where you have the, that like that instinct just tells you like, oh my God, I don't think what I just did was good. I mean, this is gonna this that, is gonna turn out really bad. That's scientific, right? That's that fight, flight, or freeze response, right? When you're making that decision, you know, there's a part of us that, you know, is physiologically responding to the decision. And I guess I'm uh, in my head I'm thinking are decisions ever good or bad or are decisions all reactionary that lead you to where mm. you need to be right in this moment? Right. So mm. full fledged transparency. I'm a, like, uh, I'm down with GOD 125,000 decisions every day. So I always feel like every decision, whether it goes against my creed or not has led me right to this moment at this place at this time, but there's some fucked up decisions I've made. <laughs> But I didn't yeah. realize, I, and some of them, like you, Mar, your gut is like, you know, like that little bubble that comes outside your head in the cartoon that's like, please don't do this. And you're like, I'm going to do that it. Little, that little devil and yeah. the angel sitting on your shoulder. Jiminy Cricket. Let's let's get a little an anecdotal since you guys oh, got my, my wheels turning. So I want to think, to me, the first thing that popped up is one of the the worst decisions I made at a very early age. Okay, you guys ready for this? And this might have been reactionary, Nisha. I kind of thought of it when you were talking about that. So I was very close with my cousin growing up. You know, we lived in Dubai. She was like my bestie. And she had a friend come over one day. And we went down to the pool at her complex. And I was feeling a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't feeling this friend. She really just wasn't my vibe. And I was really wanting my cousin's attention. We're at the pool. The friend doesn't swim. I push that bitch in the water. Now, listen. <laughs> now, listen. 
she was not, she was kind of like not the nicest person. But when I tell you, you want to talk about regret and your whole body, my body tensed up when I did that. I didn't even know I had it in me to do something like that. Now, she was fine. She was safe. There were adults around. I mean, I got told, right? My mom was looking at me like, who are you? You know, where is my child? And what kind of devil possessed you to do something like this? But I, it was very much a reactionary thing. And it, it kind of took over me. And after the second I did it, I felt the most remorse, shame, shame, remorse, shame. And I, you know, this has stuck with me. I may have been like six or seven years old. I'm just letting you know that. I remember that shit traumatized me as much as it probably tra- she's probably more traumatized because she was probably drowning a little bit while this was happening as, oh as I was <laughs> sorry oh I'm, I'm not trying to laugh. it was bad honestly I don't think I've ever done anything that intentionally fucked up since wow. intentionally well, maybe it's been more I, fucked oh, up than I intentionally I don't feel bad for spitting oh lord <laughs> oh I Nisha I, I, Nisha I, I, I still feel justified i'm gonna call your mama after no, the my show my mom will beat me um she beat me for <laughs> i'm just like no you did something to me and i defended myself with my spit so that's the decision i've made and i've thought about do i feel bad because i asked my husband like have you ever spit on someone and his face was like what the dude fuck? who does that right right i do who <laughs> Jeez. Say I did at least. I so did. that was probably that one I of my do. best decisions, but probably got my ass whooped for it. It wasn't the best decision, no. But I'm sticking by it. I mean, I don't regret it. That's the problem. I know people want me to regret it, and I'm like, nah. You did something. I don't remember if he hit me. He did something that like you felt attacked. Exactly. You felt so justified in your reaction. Yeah. So that was a decision. I made it. I got beat for it. I still don't regret it, though. So mm. it is what it is. One of, one of the earliest decisions that I made was when I was like 14 years of age. And uh, as you girls know, I was not initially raised with my mother, but I did live with her, my uncle and his wife and their family. And um, I actually ran away from home. Because of how I got sick of like, just being in that environment. And, you know, to them, they probably think like, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know, this is like your, you know, a typical uh, Caribbean upbringing and whatnot, whatever. That's your version. I have my version. I've gone to therapy and dealt with all of those things. But the one thing that um, my running away from home, even though it was like just up the street to my girl's house, (laughs) uh, the one thing that that did result in was me moving back to Montreal Mm. um, to live with my mother. And I feel like I should have done that earlier. (laughs) I could have, to me, I'm looking at it and back at it in hindsight and just thinking I should have done that earlier so that I would be able to have, you know, to have spent more time with my mother Mm. before she got diagnosed with cancer and Mm -hmm. ended up passing away. Because, you know, when I came back to live with her, it wasn't, you know, like we lost a bond. I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, that they teach you in therapy is that when you're a child, you develop, you obviously have this bond with your mother and I lost that bond with my own mother. I'm sure this is a typical story for anyone who comes from an immigrant family where the mother has had to go away or mm-hmm. is not in the child's life for whatever reason. But um, but for me, I felt like it would have it would have been maybe a year, two years, just any time that I could recoup that I could have spent with her a lot longer than I actually got to, Mm. even though some of those years were very turbulent and trying to, um, you know, reconnect with your own mother is, you know, after those experiences, it's really hard, but I, I regret not actually, um, you know, leaving earlier. Mm. That was probably one of my first biggest decisions. And then after that, it was probably milder. (laughs) It was definitely a lot milder, decisions after that and regret is like a little bitch right it it it, sa- it stays there with you sometimes creeps up and it's like hello I'm here do you remember me and you're like yo I, I gave you eviction and uh, sometimes it will come back up and it's really hard to 
handle regrets. I'm really starting, like, I've actually made a conscious decision to try to reduce regret around the ones I love the most, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we've talked many times about how much I adore my grandmother, but I'm consciously aware of the fact that she's 91. And, mm. you know, she's not like a little spring chicken, although she may think she's a spring chicken. And <laughs> I'm consciously, I'm very conscious of time. It's a decision that I'm very conscious of time. Like I want to talk to her every day. I don't want the day to come that she's no longer on this realm with me. And I have one single regret, the one last call, all of that. Right. And I've become increasingly, I've made a decision to become increasingly selfish around her. Like I don't want other, other cousins to spend time with them. I will cock block it. I'm like, I'm like pushing people in the pool in a more different way than Ozzy. I um yeah. Why does it matter to you whether they spend Because I don't want more to I don't want to him. share. Period. Oh, uh, okay. It's a total selfish child thing. It's my nanny and that's yeah. the end of it. And and she's not just my nanny. But it's my nanny. Like you have to understand when I was young and my dad was remarrying I can't be mean because my siblings may hear the podcast, but <laughs> when my dad remarried, my parents became my mom and my grandmother. Like mm-hmm. that, when I, when people uh-huh. ask me, oh, you're talking about your parents, you're talking about Winston and your mom. I'm like, no, I'm talking about my mom and my grandmother, right? Like those were my parents. Those were the ones who tag teamed and raised mm-hmm. me. So I'm very conscious of my grandmother's age and the time. And, you know, she sleeps more, she's a little bit slower. Um, you know, bingo stop because of COVID. She just, you know, she doesn't have that activity more. And um, my siblings and I often talk about like what would happen at the funeral. And I can't imagine how selfish I will be to hold on to just my memories. And so I don't care if they're bad decisions. It's my nanny. Yeah, too bad. Mm. That, and that is, I'm like sticking with that too. I'm like, nah, it's my nanny. Too bad. What's the worst decision that you guys made in your 20s? Get into a mar- date a guy who's married for a long time, not just a couple months, like a good in decade. My 20s. Wait, how long you were you were with him for a decade? Almost. I mean, I lived in London for almost a decade, right? And so okay. we were So it was a guy from London. Guy from London, still friends, very cool dude. Um, there's a funny, but he was, he was married. I was 22. Um, I think it was, I think, I don't know. He was really nice. We really got along. We really talked about everything. Um, yeah, that's actually what drew me. We really talked about every single thing. We still talk about every, like almost everything. And he was Mm -hmm. very protective and I like dudes like that. And then, Mm um, it, it's probably the, I can't say it was the worst decision. It was probably the most morally incorrect decision, but that dude has my back. So there's a part of me that's like, it helped me grow. It helped me to learn to choose myself. Cause at some point, as it happens naturally, when you're the second woman, I've come to realize I don't like to share clearly from my grandmother's story. I've told you this, I don't like to share and I want to be number one. And that's ultimately what split up the relationship. What well, wasn't a relationship, the affair, because um, I don't want to be anyone's number two, period, period. I'm very selfish. Nisha, is he still married? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the same woman? Yeah. She don't listen to podcasts. She old. I'm just, so she I'm never, just So she never found out? Um, I think... Uh, I don't think that's true, actually. I think she had um, mad suspicion. I mean, she called me. And yeah, 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 yeah. She definitely knew then. Yeah. She definitely knew. But unfortunately, there's this Caribbean myth that they can have as many women as you want, as you know. And again, it was a, a decision that was like really morally, probably not the best compass decision I made. But then again, I had a grandmother and a mother who were like, we're not down with this, but we love you, so we'll support it, but gave him a really hard time. They were like, so what are you doing with our granddaughter daughter? Uh, what's your point? Aren't you grow Like really gave him the business and never let up. So 
Um, mm. It's nice to have a, someone in the decision who doesn't judges you and judge you and walks you through it, as opposed to people turning your back. Unless you know it's there's a problem and you have to walk away because it's affecting you as well. So that's probably mm-hmm. the most immorally incorrect. I have worse ones that I have I have regrets, but but that one is. Uh, that one sticks, it sticks out, out. Most in your 20s. In my 20s. Yeah, I was wilding out in yeah. London because nobody knew who I was. So it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right. What about it, you, Oz? In my 20s, I want to say the worst decision that I made was the relationship that I allowed myself to get mm-hmm. sucked into. I don't even want to say I chose the relationship. I didn't. I um, I think that the... The regret is not speaking up against the relationship, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know, one thing that I learned moving to New York is that the way that me being an immigrant coming from the Middle East, then coming to Canada, which is like supposedly the most polite place on earth, you know, we we aren't taught to say no. We're Mm -hmm. not. Culturally, it's just not acceptable. And when I, I'm a different version of myself today, you know, 18 years later, 18 years I've been in New York City, wow. but I am a completely different version of myself. I'm super direct. I absolutely tell it like it is. I have zero qualms about saying no to anything, but I feel like this relationship that I got into in my 20s, first of all, it was a terribly abusive relationship, mm. but it comes down to time with my mom, Mar. So I completely understand you but this person was isolating and Mm. um incredibly insecure controlling controlling, and I just couldn't get away enough and I lost a lot of time with my mom you Mm. know so like I want to say from 2003 to 2006 or 2000 yeah 2006 I saw my mom just a handful of times whereas you know prior to that and like, I mean, prior to that, I lived in Montreal, but but after that, I made so much more of an effort to be there. And it was not enough time because my mom died in 2008. Mm. So like moving mm. to New York and losing that time with my mom already, add to that the layer of this insecure man that won't, you know, had such a hard time with me traveling. And I definitely, that is one of my biggest regrets. So I wish I had stood up to him and I I wouldn't have let him like kind of sneak his way into my life and mm. put me in that position but you know just food for yeah. thought there Oz I, I, and Miranda like I haven't been through this enigma of what you both been through of losing a parent and I, I'll be honest I'm not looking forward to those moments in my life but I do think it's about the, the quality of the time we spend as opposed to the quantity and um you know I mean, Oz, Oz, I've had the pleasure of meeting your mom and yo, she had mad love for you. Says like mad love for you. Mad love for you. I mean, and I got mad love for you because I went to your house and you had cats and I don't like cats. So, and you had some, (laughs) like some cats that I was like, no, I'm not a big animal fan. Uh, I've gone to Ozzy. Tupi, rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace, Tupi. Tupi. And Copo. And and currently- you got a little vet going on in your house and I'm still loving you and going because your dogs scare me too. So well, I love you back. So, Nisha. I mean, I think it's about quality of time uh, versus quantity sometimes. And, you know, parents understand that parents, they, they do, they do understand that all that. What about you, Mar? Mm. Uh, in my twenties, I would say that the worst decision or not, I wouldn't say there were any regrets uh, in, in terms. Uh, yeah. I, I was in a relationship that literally was like sucked the heart and soul mm. out of me mm. because it was preceding and also coinciding at the time that I lost my mother. Mm. And so it, the two are inextricably linked. Now, the complicated part of that is that I I can't say that I regret ever being with my ex. There was a lot of on and off, on and on and off again. And in between those off times, I met other guys who, who were actually pretty cool. And I wish that I had stayed with them rather than continued to go back to the relationship that was disastrous mm-hmm. anyway. It, was, it wasn't disastrous. I can look back on this now and say that it wasn't disastrous because... 
you know, he it was like 100% all his fault. It was disastrous because we were both immature and we didn't really know what either of us was doing. Mm. We were inexperienced. And um, so I can't really say that it was like, you know, 100% his fault. There was a lot of me in there too. Mm. I, you know, wasn't a whole individual. I needed help. I needed therapy. I needed, you know, to deal with a lot of past issues. And then to throw a death of your parent on top of that just made it even worse. Mm. And so I found myself clinging in this relationship for anything tangible that seemed to be alive because everything else in my life was dying. Mm -hmm. And I should have gotten out earlier. Mm. I really should have. I don't think that I regret that relationship at all because out of that relationship came um, a very close friendship with his mother who is now like my adoptive, my Mm -hmm. self-adopted, adopted mom um who is who's like guided me and helped me in my life you know after my mother passed away she's a real og for actually being there for me even though her her son and i broke up Mm. um and i I mean i learned a lot from that relationship that's why i can look back on it and say it wasn't all bad i mean it was just um you know we were not compatible in a lot of areas Mm -hmm. there was some love there But at the end of the day, it was not a a sustainable relationship. And I should have left earlier. I should have cut things off earlier instead of continuing to go back and go back and leave and then go back again and leave and go back again. A cleaner break would have been much healthier for me. But then you wouldn't have gotten a mother. I wouldn't have gotten a second mother. Yeah, I really so, have. right. So, so that's what I mean. No like, regrets there. Decisions are they really bad or good, or are they moments in time on this continuum of life? Right. And yeah, I mean, yeah, they definitely pave. Yeah, and they pave the way to where we're at now. And I think all of us are, you know, happy and whole in where we're at now. But I honestly, you know, this was a this was a tough show for me to like except to do (laughs) because you know I don't want to think about it to be honest like I feel like I've made so many wrong decisions Mm -hmm. in my life and I think this is it's I've come to a point where I'm addressing all of those decisions and wonder and and trying to figure out what is the cause of me making decisions like that over and over again you know just I have a tendency to choose the worst option and my mom used to tell me when I was younger, you know, that we would go into a store and I would pick the broken or ugly doll, right? Because I would say, oh, nobody wants to take this one home, right? Like, mm-hmm. I would feel bad for the doll and therefore I would sacrifice something of myself to to give a home to this broken and ugly doll. You, know, This is the story of my life, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so like um, deep rooted and somewhere in my subconscious that like yo straight up even when picking a college guys I had the option of going to McGill or to Concordia and you chose Concordia instead of McGill (laughs) and you guys are looking at me no hold on I went to both they okay I'm not saying different folks I get it Nisha and I'm listen I I was happy at Concordia but but look, academically, the, academically, and if you look at the grand scheme of things with me ending up in the U.S. even, nobody knows Concordia outside of Canada. Nobody, but everyone knows McGill. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, just if you look at that in itself, it's kind of like, hey, why do you have to always go for the underdog? Why do you always have to go for the one that's perceived as less than or weaker? What is that? And I've done that my entire life. And just staying in the 20s, Mar, this is this one came up to me too, like in terms of my career, right? I was working at a major label, you know, granted, I didn't have a high position. I was a coordinator, but I had worked hard to get there in terms of like all the internships that I did in terms of having better jobs in Montreal and, and leaving them to go and start from the bottom just to grow. And I left that major label job to go, you know, work for a management company for the guy who who left the label with me. And you ultimately, like, yes, a lot of good came from that. But, like, that was a real, like, shot at my career. That was just a, a real, like, 
deviation from my path. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, and this is where I say this was so hard for me, is that sometimes I do compare, right? Mm. Sometimes I do look at people who, yo, the guy who was an intern with me, he's like the fucking president of a label. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the and the girl yeah. who was who was who was my intern is a senior director of marketing at a label. And like sometimes I I look at that and I'm just like shit. It, you know and and that's why I have to like I have to kind of dig into this and figure out, you know, what is it that made me choose those things in my life that were definitely not in my best interest, but more as a supportive role or more as a way to help someone out or more as a way to save somebody, you know? I think decision-making, it, it, it really varies according to the different compartments of your life, mm-hmm. you know? For the record, I'm glad I went to Concordia. Concordia was the shit. I've done classes at McGill. <laughs> I, I choose Concordia over that every every day. Listen, I'm with you. I chose Concordia day. too, bro. No, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm still <laughs> supportive. I'm so but I, under, I understand with regard to your career trajectory. Yeah, it would have made sense to choose McGill um, for, the, for the name, the reputation, and how that legacy might have carried on with you throughout your career. I think when it comes to careers, it's really difficult. Um, I'm the kind of person where I get very invested in a company and a job a little too much. If I see like, you know, you tell me your vision is you want to win. You want to see us like make all this money and all that. I am down. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that every single task that I complete uh, goes towards achieving that vision that you have for your firm. And sometimes I get a little too invested. So to the point where if I see that things are just not lining up, you know, somebody's slacking or team members are not pulling their weight, or if you are running stale in the idea department, that affects me personally. Mm. (laughs) It really does. And I tend to be the person who gets very frustrated and angry that, you're deviating from the plan. Mm. We had a goal here and you're not rolling with the with the storyline that we need in order to make sure that the end goal is achieved. And oftentimes in those work situations, I have literally gone rogue where I've just been like too emotionally invested. I, I see other people, especially people who are in leadership positions, who are your bosses, your managers, make I've seen them make terrible decisions mm-hmm. and it frustrates me to no mm-hmm. end because it's like you're sabotaging your own success. And so there's been some really terrible decisions I've made in my career where I've like, I've decided I'm jumping ship. I'm getting out of here because you're literally like ruining, you're sabotaging everything. You're ruining your own plans and I'm tired of being emotionally invested in this. Or I've gone to the gotten to the point where I feel like I'm not seeing the results. I'm a very solutions-oriented and rewards-oriented kind of person. So if I don't see the rewards, if, if I don't see any point to what we're doing, I lose patience mm. very easily. And because of losing that patience and making bad decisions... I would end up getting fired <laughs> or I would just be like, you know what? I think it's time that I leave this company and I would leave instead of writing it out and waiting, you know, and it's hard to know when to throw in the mm-hmm. towel and when you shouldn't, mm-hmm. it's really difficult, especially with regard to your career, because, you know, for someone like me also who had like student loan debt and a bunch of other things that I had to deal with, I couldn't afford to like, you know, lose work. Cause then I have to go out and try to find a replacement job that probably wasn't as, um, you know, valuable to mm-hmm. me or wasn't as rewarding to me. It's really difficult in the career area. And, really and I think what you're raising also is it, this is the opposite of, it's not the opposite, but rather it's the double edged sword of decisions, right? Because I learned mm-hmm. quite quickly in life that when you make a decision, you leave another set of decisions behind, but you can't look back at them. Because if you do, then that's yeah. when you that's the land of regret, right? And I often catch myself looking back and saying, well, what if I'd done this earlier? You know, uh, what if I'd stayed in London a bit longer? And 
What if you never sent that email to your colleague that you should have? <laughs> but I, I also understand that. I think also when it comes to decisions, you can't forget that little punk that comes with decisions, which is fear, right? A lot of times we get trapped mm -hmm. in fears and make decisions out of fear, make decisions in spite of fear, or make decisions with fear. And I think it's really hard um, sometimes like we're older now, so we can kind of see things coming like, nah, I see you coming fear. Like <laughs> I see it, mm. but I know for myself, I'm in a professional transition and my husband points out, he says, you're just scared to make a decision. And I'm like, am I afraid to make the decision or am I making the decision to be comfortable? And then, mm. you know, and then that, that opens up a whole other can of like, what will I be if I'm not this? And these questions, and that's where fear comes back around, right? So it's interesting that decision is not just, oh, I'm going to make this decision. It's not like when we were young and somewhat impulsive and we're like, I'm going to wear this today or I'm going to do this. Now decisions have consequences and consequences scare us and change scares us. So it, it's very interesting on the flip side that making a decision can in fact be is, is to make a decision not to make a decision and then you end up stuck in a place you know i think i'm still very impulsive and i think another element of decision making is trust mm. and when i talk about trust is like trusting your own instinct and trusting your own you know judgment and trusting your gut and all that stuff and what if you lack trust in that you know like and i feel like that's where I've come to ahead, like in terms of just self-exploration and understanding, you know, and just getting, again, diving a little deeper. If I've made all of these like shitty decisions, not to say all of my decisions have been shitty, but there have been some monumental shitty decisions in my life. If I've made these decisions, then I guess every time a major decision does, you know, show up in my life, I question whether... I'm capable of making the right decision, mm. right? Mm. So, and actually I'm open to change. It's interesting because I don't fear change as much as like most, I don't want to say most people, but that a lot of people do. I, I'm good with change, like bring change on. Like I'm cool with adapting. I'm cool with, with, with progressing. I love all of that. It's exciting to me. Remember, I don't want to be bored. Mm -hmm. So change is a good thing for me, but Again, like I have to just stop myself for a second and be like, hey, am I making this decision based on my impulsive nature? Am I making this decision because I'm trying to stir some shit up in my life? You know, like, why mm -hmm. am I making this decision? Like, is the decision so really a decision or is it like to remind you that you're alive? That's a really, exactly. that's a really interesting point where I like stability, right? So decisions are like, ah. <sighs> You know, and I, and I'm big. I'm in a huge transition where I'm finally ready. Well, I think I've always been ready to get rid of Quebec, but um, it's the thought of leaving everything behind. It's not necessarily the politics that I'm afraid to leave behind, but more so, it's the comfort level that I have in my family being close and everyone around the corner and walking to yeah, school. Yeah, the life that you right, built here. exactly. Yeah, your 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 community that you basically would be leaving exactly. Them yeah, but then I do think as it goes back to decisions, have to also be raised on a healthy suspicion with a touch of balance, right? And so I'm trying to mm -hmm. be a bit of an alchemist in my life and figure this out. So now I'm like, and I also like to make decisions when I can anticipate all the variables. So I'm a tad of a control freak. Part of maybe, that's probably why I'm a teacher, right? But it's part of my thing. Like I like to be able to anticipate. I don't like to be surprised. Um, mind you, on a note, just everyone who's listening, I've never had a surprise birthday party and it's like one of my little dreams, but just saying, maybe he'll hear Aww. me outside. Maybe Noting it. Uh, he, he sucks at birthdays. Somebody send a text message. He really sucks at birthdays, but whatever. Uh, love him still. I still love him. He celebrates them. He'd do whatever I want, which is like part of the marriage if you want to stay together. Like you got to celebrate birthdays. But I realized that um, I like to be prepared. I like to be able to control the elements I can control. 
I, I like that. I, I like to, I can't say I like to plan my spontaneity. I don't, but I like having a home base. I like jumping out the plane, knowing I'm going to land on the X there. I like those controlled elements. And so when I make decisions, I'm always calculating the risks. It's very interesting in my decision life. I'm always like, even when I was getting married, because I know we're going to ask each other what's our best decision. And of course, viewers are supposed to say, I'm, viewers may want me to say, oh, the day I got married. That wasn't the best decision ever. <laughs> like, I have some really conflicting feelings around women getting married and um, people feeling like that completes a woman because she married. Like, bitch, I was doing shit before I got married, right? And so that that bothers me a lot that there's this whole article about when women are getting married, it seems like that's just the end of their identity. They've reached the finish line. They're married yet. Yeah, no. But I remember, like, I actually sat there with my husband. We were work, like, we were really working it out. And I, it made me feel more in control and better. And like, okay, you know, I, I can do this. I can do this for life as long as we're constantly negotiating and talking and communicating and revisiting decisions. Now it's a bit annoying on my part because I'm always thinking about it, but um, there is this equilibrium in decisions that we have to always work against our fear and look for balance because at the end of the day, nobody wants to end up strung out, fucked up, broke, none of this. And that, I, and then you have to wonder, like, here's a decision for all of us. If we had to, if we were broke, strung out, kicked out, evicted, the decision is who we call to take us in. That shit scares me. Like, I've been broke, but I would take. I've you been in. evicted. <laughs> we would take you in. I've been, I've been broke and evicted at the I same time. I do know time. that Ozzy would take me, me in. Because when I landed I would take you at in. a bus at 7 a.m. at Port Authority and I needed to sleep, Ozzy was <laughs> like, yo, Nish, come through. There's the bunk beds for you. And I was yeah. out. Out. Yo, that mattress is a good mattress, yeah, though. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it's scary. I'm very much like you, Nisha. Uh, I, in my twenties, I was definitely, um, I was, like I said, I, I needed, uh, a little bit of, uh, change and shift in my life as far as like my emotional well-being and, and my psychological well-being. And so I did go to therapy and I got good help and it, that helped. It was a good foundation for helping me make better decisions in the future. Prior to that period, I was making decisions that I that would sabotage my own success. Um, a lot of it due to fear, fear of success, fear of moving out of this uh, feeling of like, you know, when you grow comfortable with being in a in a certain mm -hmm. position, um, and then you you're too comfortable there that you don't know what the other side smells, feels, tastes exactly, like. Exactly. Yeah. That's very dangerous very, very dangerous. So you don't want to stay there. And that's why we talked last in during last episode about how I used to be a wallower. I cannot be a wallower anymore because mm -mm. that that wallowing causes me to make terrible decisions. But after I, uh, I would say in my 30s, I started to make better decisions because I started to do the work I needed to on myself. And it's not perfect. There's still a lot more work that needs to be done. And especially in terms of decisions regarding career, but I find, and I'm sure you, you both, both you ladies can relate to this, that the older you get, the more forward thinking mm -hmm. you are in mm -hmm. terms of your decision-making. Cause you realize, shoot, once you hit a certain age, like you don't have a lot of time Yeah, <laughs> not to sound morbid or, you know, no, but, but you come more aware. You become very aware that you don't have the luxury of making trash decisions now that are going to have long-term effects because mm -hmm. like, you don't have a lot of time to deal with those consequences and you really don't want to be shaking up your life if you're in a certain level of comfort, you know, when you're in your forties or what have you. Yeah, so for sure. My decision-making is, is very much like yours, Nisha, in that I'm very forward thinking. I sit on stuff for quite a while and I think it through um, good and bad. Like 
if you put an idea in my head and you tell me about it and it seems really enticing to me, I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time. And that includes bad stuff. You put bad ideas mm -hmm. into my head, the bad stuff is there and it entices me. It's hard for me to tear myself away from it. And it's actually, I'm going to sit there and use the time to rationalize it and justify it to myself. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think I, the, the decisions that I'm making today are about what is this going to mean for me in a few years yeah, from now? For sure. What are the long-term effects? And, and I also think that um, I probably lost my point because I was thinking simultaneously is that I forgot. I totally forgot. Oh, shit. My, <laughs> That's okay. No, I think it was about more like we oh it was about the fact that in, in this podcast we've all mentioned about getting help in therapy and that's a hard decision to make for a lot of folks right and for multiple mm, yeah. reasons let's be real therapy is, is it has cultural problems it has economic problems attached to it mm. accessibility Feelings issues of shame. yeah and I, vulnerability yeah. fear of appearing weak absolutely that's mm -hmm. what i'm saying like, like there's all these things wrapped up in therapy and then of course it's a very western form of of talk so there's a whole bunch of problems but i realized very young i made that decision that um okay so fun fact if you don't know about me viewers nisha i hate journaling oh my god i hate <laughs> journaling you don't you don't like writing that's why you keep coming to me for your writing mm, uh, it's not even assignments. okay so the truth is oh hi lola shout out to lola the cat oh, yeah. lola was, lola was participating in our podcast today uh-oh we lost nisha so oh. while nisha is getting her life together um I wanted to ask about what your best decisions were, just in terms of do you have something that you're proud of, that a decision that, that you made that, you know, just still to this day brings you joy? Best decision I ever made um, goes as far back to the same period where I made my worst decision, which is uh, I... My mother, when she passed away, it was actually during my first semester of, uh, of university. And um, I went through this period where another bad decision, I didn't take the time off that I needed to grieve. And so as a result of that, I, um, I ended up uh, on probation, academic probation. Mm -hmm. It was a really terrible time for me, but it forced me to have to reflect on, like, how did I get here? Acknowledge, acknowledge that, hey, you know what? You are broken and you need some serious help, like real help. Um, that being said, I had a year off to kind of get myself uh, adjusted and reshift my life. Um, that's when I started learning a little bit about um, sharing financial responsibility by getting roommates and paying my bills on time mm -hmm. and, you know, balancing, having a better balance of work and school. Um, and so that it could have been a period <laughs> where I just dropped out of school entirely. That would have been really bad. That would have been really, really bad. And I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that I mustered up the strength, even through all that chaos and just pain and sorrow, that I continued to um, go to school and actually finished my degree. So thank God that I did that. I mean, not that that really did anything for me in terms of career <laughs> success, but the fact that I was, yeah. yeah, the fact that I was able to actually complete that was a huge, huge accomplishment for me. And also for members of my family, because I was the first one in my family to actually go to uh, university and get a degree. Um, so that, I, that I would give you a round of applause, Miranda, because I the best decision, you. best decision I ever made. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Oz? Best decision ever made? Um, I have a couple, but I think my best, best decision is, you know, especially after losing a parent, losing my mom, is developing a closer relationship with my dad and including him in my children's lives as much as I did. So you guys know my, my dad has declined in, in his health and he is, um, he's been diagnosed, diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he doesn't even know who I am anymore, which really sucks. But, you know, he was here for the 
for the amount of time that I could um, bring him here. I brought him here four to six times a year. He was always here to take my kids to school on their first day of school. Um, and he was just involved. I spoke to my dad, you know, every day, multiple times a day since my mom passed. And I can't say that I had that relationship with him before, you know, it was my mom who I had a closer relationship with. So I think one of the best decisions I made was to develop that relationship with my dad and have him close in our lives. And yeah, and I feel good about it. You know, like it sucks that he's in the situation that he's in. It really hurts. But at the same time, I look at him and I know that I have fulfilled my role as a daughter. It sucks that I'm not near him and I can't see him as often as I can. I'm not his primary caretaker. My brother really has stepped up and taken that role. But, you know, I don't have a, any regrets when it comes to my father. And by the way, I'm not crying. I'm just really congested right now. I, I'm actually fine. Just so You'd you know. be fine even um, if you were. But another thing is, Mara, I just wanted to touch on what you said, the financial um, upswing, man. That was a big thing for me. You know, after my divorce, you talked about eviction. I definitely, you know, was on the verge of eviction with kids. Yeah, you know, that shit worst. hits different, yeah. you know. Um and I bounced back. And you know why? Because happiness is outside of your comfort zone. And I took a job that I never thought that I would like or that I would be successful at. And it really enabled me to empower myself financially and reposition my life. You know, I, my credit score was shit. I built that thing up in like a year and a half and people told me it wouldn't be possible. And I, I did it. And I'm super proud of myself for that. Uh, I'm so proud of you there too. There it goes. There yes. it is. So yeah, Aww. another great decision is this podcast, ladies. Yes, it is. You know, Nisha, you mentioned something earlier about decision making and how important it is to have a friend to hear you out on those decisions. And I, I actually, I wholeheartedly agree with that. There's nothing better than having a homie to help you with your decision making and who you can bounce ideas off of and who will actually like keep your secrets and tell you, girl, mm -mm. don't do that shit. You need to stop right now. Or basically be like, are you sure you yeah. want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Or 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 a bestie who's like, you're foul, but I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that person for someone. I've been that person for someone in my life. They were cheating on their boyfriend. And... Uh, I, I mean, I knew what they were going through. I could understand from their position how they felt about it and how torn they were and how difficult it was because the relationship was really troubled. It was really troubled and it, it was on the way out. I didn't want to say that at the time, but I knew yeah. that they were on their way out. And what am I going to do? Like try to convince her not to do it. It's like, you already kissed another mm. guy. What do you I got to tell you guys. It's too late for me to try to bring in reason. I've been there too, Miranda, but I promise you ladies, I will never bring you into my dirt. I've never brought anyone into my dirt before and it's not going to start now. My dirt is my dirt. It stays right here. Best decisions, worst decisions, regrets that you wish that you didn't have to regret, but you mm -hmm. do. Yeah, we want to hear all about them. But thank you for listening. Definitely. <laughs> thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate the love. And uh, we'll, we will be back next week with more Messy Truths. Peace. Peace, y'all.